in Acts chapter 14. We find the occasion where, um, in, in starting in verse number 8, where Paul and Barnabas are going into a town and they're preaching the word of God. And it seems like Paul is the main one speaking and preaching. And he ends up seeing somebody, I don't know how long he's been talking about Jesus, but he sees somebody who, is, as it indicates in verse number 9, this guy had faith, faith to be made well, but he was a, he was a lame man. He had no strength, no power in his legs. He had never walked, it says. And so, uh, so Paul, in the name of Jesus Christ, heals him. And he gets up, and uh, well, verse number 10, he said with a loud voice, stand upright, on your feet, and he leaped and began to walk. And then you get these crowds that are around. And they see this, and they think the gods have come down to them. And uh, depending upon the translation that you have, they think these are Roman gods or Greek gods, the Zeus and uh, Hermes, I think, is the, what my translation says. So these people are like, the gods are with us, and they start to, they go get their priest, and all of a sudden... Paul and Silas, or excuse me, Paul and Barnabas are about to have sacrifices made to them. You know, so instead of being the sacrifice, which would be a very horrible thing, uh, at least they're uh, being sacrificed too, but they certainly don't appreciate that because they know the one true God. So they healed the man, and now they're caught in this circumstance where, okay, the, the, uh, the healing didn't work to point them to the one true God, and these people are confused, so they're going to try and set the record straight and point them to the true God. They have a good opportunity here. And in the midst of Paul's sermon where he's preaching and where he's really pleading to these people, don't do this, don't sacrifice to us, we're just men, he gives what I see as four reasons for everyone to thank God. So today, as we are here at Garrett Street Church of Christ doing our Thanksgiving Sunday, and we're going to celebrate with a big feast in the back in a little while, we uh, come to this passage of Scripture, and we're going to look and see four reasons, four reasons that everyone Everyone should praise God, thank God. Everyone should be filled with thanksgiving. So the first instance comes in verse number 15. So this is where Paul, they're about to sacrifice to him. Paul's trying to get him to stop. He says this, and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you, and preach the gospel, the good news to you that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Here is a reason for thanksgiving. So reason number one, that everyone should give thanks. Number one, give thanks because we can turn from vain things and turn to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. We have a chance to turn to the great power, the great the great one who has created everything. We have this opportunity to know the great and powerful creator God. That is a wonderful thing to to give thanks for. And this is this this reason that I give here, we're going to kind of come back to it towards the end of the sermon because this is what he's he's pleading with him to to do this, to turn to this God. 
So the question comes, well, will they turn or will they not? Will they have show thanks to God and appreciation to God, realizing who he is and what he has done? Or will they say, eh, thanks, no thanks? You know, what's, what's it going to be? Because today we're talking about giving thanks to God. So the question is going to come to each one of us. Are we truly giving thanks to God? Are we really thankful for everything that God has blessed us with and for just the blessing that we have in Christ Jesus, the blessing that we have with life itself? So, so the first thing, four reasons, and the first one is give thanks because we have the chance to turn from vanities, empty things, meaningless things, and turn to the living God. That's a wonderful opportunity. And I want to note, as we begin to go into verses 16 and 17, I'm going to read verses 16 and 17, and that, these verses, we're going to get the next three reasons to give thanks, just right from these uh, two verses. But I need to make a note about these verses before we even discuss the blessings. Because the, the, the verse is telling us who the, these blessings that he's about to list. He's, he's about to, to say who all these are to. Now, they're to everyone. Verse 16 says, In the generations gone by, he, speaking of God, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, and yet he did not leave himself without witness, in that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. So this is a quick, uh, quick speech. We're almost done with this speech here already. His plea to them, don't sacrifice to me, turn to the living and true God. Be thankful to him. So my note, is at the, after uh, point number one, the note says, even when people went their own way, God still blessed them. So notice in that, in that verse, it is very specific. In generations gone by, he permitted all nations to go their own ways, but he didn't leave himself without a witness. He, 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 he spoke about himself in what he did. He, he did something for all the folks. So as uh, you know, we, we think about from the time of Noah on, you had this time period where um, Noah started, the world started over with eight people in the, in the boat, in the ark, right? And then from that time on, they were supposed to populate the whole earth, but they ended up kind of going their own way again like they did before the flood. They didn't honor God. They forgot God. But even those people who turned their backs on God walked away from God. They went their own way. God was still doing good things for them. God was still blessing even them. And these are the blessings that he enumerates. And so in these verses, the first one that's listed, I list as a blessing number two or a reason number two to give thanks is that God does good. God does good. It's true. What he said was true of them in the past. It's true even now. God has not ever stopped doing good. Verse 16 says, And yet he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good. He did good. God's pretty good at doing good. He did good. And I, um, in my little note there, I put not evil. 
not evil. God does good, not evil. Um, and this is kind of a perspective that we need to have, and it's an interesting thought as I say not evil. We kind of bring evil and bad things into the picture. We're giving thanks to God for good things. And it might make you start thinking and wondering, well, what about bad things? You know, if God is so good, then why do the bad things happen? Well, maybe you've got an answer for that. Maybe you understand that. We might get to that a little bit later. But the main thought right now is that God presents himself as good. Hey, Jared. Still. Thank you. God is good. And that is all he is, is good. He is all good. Mark chapter 10, verse number 18 is a reference where somebody's come to Jesus and said, the, the, the rich young ruler, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or what must I do to be saved? However he says it. And um, Jesus says, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? There is only one who is good, God alone. He, he gives glory to get Jesus could have said, oh yeah, you're right, I am good. But instead he deflects to God. He makes sure, he makes the point, only God is good. God is good and he is all good. Um, Exodus 34 verses 6 through 7, I want to read this real quick because this is where God shows up to Moses. Moses wanted to see God. God says, you can't see me and live, but I'll let you see me from, from the back. And as God actually places him in the cleft of the rock in that space, and God walks by him, and he, Moses gets to see his backside. God declares something. He declares his goodness. He speaks it out loud because you can't, put a, you, you can't put a picture in the Bible of what God looked like when he went away, right? But we have these words that are the best thing that could possibly describe him, and it's God's goodness and, and also his, his righteousness, his judgment that must occur to punish evil because he is good. So verse number 6 in uh, Exodus 34, um, in verse number 6 and 7, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps his loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet will by no means... Leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. So here is God. He is all good. And part of his goodness is that he is righteous and he will and he will judge and punish evil as it must be. So God is all good. Psalm 107.1 is on the uh, on the front of your proclaimer. Underneath the picture of the family, the Rockwell picture with them doing Thanksgiving, um, in the title of the, the proclaimer there, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. A proclamation of God's goodness. And you can see all the way through the Bible how God is good. He made everything good. And yeah, we came along and messed it, messed it up. Satan, he's the one who kind of put the idea in our minds of, hey, you can do this, you can do that, you can do anything you want. And so man came along and said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And so man sinned, and when he did, he wrecked all of creation. God's good creation, God's perfect world got messed up. So, but it was good. 
And then we see all through Scripture that God is still, He's still good, He's still good, and really, through Christ Jesus, He's going to fix what was wrecked, what was broken, what was damaged, what was tainted by sin. But God is good. God is good. He does good. He still does good today. That's all He does is good. And it seems like an understatement to say it like that, but that's... He's more than good, isn't he? Read Exodus 34, 6 and 7. He is wonderful, loving, kind, compassionate, slow to... He is just a wonderful, good, and perfect God. That is him. So give thanks to the Lord. Praise his wonderful name because his love endures forever. He is good. So number, so number one, give thanks because we can turn from vain things to worship the one true God, turn to the one true God. That's a wonderful blessing. Give thanks for that. Give thanks because God does good. And number three, give thanks because God gives rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. And that's in verse number 17 still. He did not leave himself without witness in that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons. How many people like it when it rains? Yeah, you're supposed to, boy, he gave, is, is this a blessing or is it a, is it a curse? We don't, we don't live in a place that's often without rain, but, but when uh, we, if we were to go through an entire summer without rain, who would be thankful for the rain when it came? <laughs> that's a whole new perspective. Without rain, things tend to die. Things tend to dry up. Things that tend to, to catch on fire. Can you imagine if we were in threat and danger just like they, if we, if there was any threat that we could experience what they're experiencing out in California right now? Fires, fires that grow and just start in one little spot and then whoop, they're out of control and what's going to happen? People are praying, dear God, send the rain. Dear God, send us the blessing. Rain is a blessing. Without water, there is no life. Rain is uh, usually in Scripture, and I, I, I don't know if I can, except maybe at the great deluge, the flood that came, maybe rain wasn't such a great blessing. The blessing was the ark that saved the people. But the rain itself was, in the Bible, apart from that one, I can't think of a time when rain was anything but good. Rain was always needed, prayed for, and it brought life. Water brings life. God is the one who gives the rain. You think about our nation, you know, being able to produce what percent of the world's uh, food supply. It's a pretty high percent, isn't it? We could feed, I think, I've heard it said, I don't know if this is true, I remember it was a reliable source, but we, the United States could produce enough food to probably feed the whole world. That's because we're blessed with rain. It's because God has blessed this, this, this land and the people in it with the fertile land, with the rain to produce, to be fruitful, fruitful seasons. God provides. Everything that we take for granted, God provides for us. 
You know, we tend to complain about what we don't have. And we look at our neighbors and we see what we don't have and that they do have. And oh boy, I deserve what they have. But boy, it's, is that thankfulness? Is that appreciating what God has blessed you with? And what do you really need? We need rain. We need fruitful seasons. God has given that to us. This psalm that is listed here is a, is a wonderful, um, wonderful picture of this. And I should, instead of talking, I'll just read it. Psalm 65, 9 through 13. You visit the earth and cause it to overflow. You greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water. You prepare their grain, for thus you prepare the earth. You water its furrows abundantly. You settle its ridges. You soften it with showers. You bless its growth. You have crowned the year with your bounty, and your paths drip with fatness. The pastures of the wilderness drip, and the hills gird themselves with rejoicing. The meadows are clothed with flocks, and the valleys are covered with grain. They shout for joy, yes, they sing. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what God does? He is the provider. He is the one who gives rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. Everyone on this earth should give thanks to God. For what he provides. So everyone on this earth should give thanks to God for this opportunity that we can turn from vain things and turn to the living God. We can give thanks for the God who does good. And we give thanks for God who gives rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. And number four, we can give thanks to God for, for God satisfies or fills your hearts with food and gladness. And that is the last thing that is mentioned um, in verse number 17 of Acts 14. God has, you know, and it, it, God gives, these, gives the rain that provide for the fruitful seasons, and then we know what the importance of those is because the rain and the fruitful seasons provide for us food and then there's somehow this connection with gladness, food and gladness. And isn't it funny? It says it fills our hearts with food and gladness. And your translation might be a little bit different there, but literally it's kind of translated. He'll fill your heart with, satisfy your heart with food. He'll satisfy your heart with gladness. He'll satisfy, he'll fill your heart with food and gladness. Of course, perhaps you would um, quickly assume, well, there's, when you don't have your stomach filled, your heart is not going to be filled either. Your heart is not going to be filled with gladness. It, it, things will quickly deteriorate, and you will not have anything to give thanks for if you are dying of hunger. So give thanks to God who satisfies and fills you. My mind flashes instantly to the Psalm 23 where God, who is presented as uh, a, a good shepherd, who provides and satisfies our every need. God takes care of us. And he doesn't just fill our needs, but he fills our cup to overflowing. Blessings overflow with us. And we're anointed. Just the beautiful picture from Psalm 23 of how God's blessings are poured down upon us. So these four reasons are for everybody. So even, even the people in faraway places who know not God, 
or at least they don't know him like we do through his word. Even people who uh, live out here amongst us who claim that there is no God, anyone can give thanks to God and should give thanks to God for these four reasons. He gives us the opportunity to turn to him. He gives us, he blesses us with goodness. He blesses us with rain and fruitful seasons and he fills our hearts. He satisfies our hearts with food and gladness. And God does want us to be glad, doesn't he? He wants us to be thankful for what we have and rejoice with him. But then you get to verse 18. And it says, even saying these things with difficulty, they restrain the crowds from offering sacrifices to them. So here's Paul. He's desperately showing these people, hey, it's God who's given you everything you need. It's not us. We're just men. And he's pleading with them, look, look to God, look to the heavens. You can't see him, but he's the one who has done it. He's witnessed all through the years that you've known your lives and your ancestors. God is blessed. Turn to the one true God. But it was hard to restrain them. They weren't willing, at least most of them it seems, they weren't very anxious to turn from the vain things and turn to the one true God. And I ask us today, is there anything in your life, anything in our lives that keeps us from turning and fully committing, being all in for God? And there are things. And we're kind of reminded of that because here we are in the, you know, Thanksgiving, this is the Thanksgiving month. Well, and we find ourselves giving thanks a little bit quicker, right? And we're honoring God a little bit better. So what does that say about the other 11 months? We got some growing to do about giving thanks to God and honoring God. There are things that are distracting us from living fully for God and trusting in Him and just giving thanks to Him for everything He's given us and not looking for all the junk that we don't have or all the whatever it is. If we find pleasure in anything else other than God, our heart is filled uh, with, with satisfaction and, and joy from things or stuff or people instead of God, then we're missing something. And we need to turn to God. Another thought is don't rely upon your don't rely upon yourself or worldly things for then you will not be able to give thanks to God. There's this passage I got it listed there in Psalm 147 verses 7 through 11 and it indicates in that passage where you know it's kind of it gives the, this thought of people putting their trust in horses or in the strength of their own legs. God doesn't like that. People who rely upon themselves or trust themselves or things in the world, instead of turning to God, they can't give thanks to Him. It's the people who, um, kind of as we were reminded around the table today, it's, it's we who are weak and we recognize our weakness. That's what the table, that's what Jesus does for us. He says, yeah, you were weak. When you were weak, I came and died for you. We were reminded of that today. And that's what we're reminded of every Sunday. It's not about our strength. It's not about what we have. It's just that, hey, what I do have, it came from God. I'm going to praise his name for it. For it and I'm going to just give thanks to him every single day. In all things. And that brings us to a dilemma. 
for God. I, don't, I didn't know how to pose this. It seemed, I, it, initially in my notes, I had this next little point. I have, God is careful not to bless us too much. Initially, I wrote, God has a dilemma. He, he doesn't want to bless us too much. And there's this, this verse from Proverbs that kind of made me think of this. In Proverbs, oops, I don't have that one marked. Proverbs uh, chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. It's a neat passage where um, the, the person who is writing this, he says, his prayer is to, to God. He says, keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. And there's a reason why. Don't give me poverty, but don't give me riches either, God. Feed me with the portion, or feed me with the food that is my portion, that I may not be full and deny you and say who is the Lord, or that I not want, or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. So God's got this. We being humans, we, we realize we have this, uh, this little tendency. Hey man, if I have, if God blesses me too much, I'll have it made and I won't think I need God. You know, isn't that how it works? The United States of America, we are rich. We have everything we need and more. And so what do we do with God? We're forgetting about Him. And it's so easy for churches to forget about Him and Christians to forget about God, the one, and we turn to our own. We trust in our own strength and things and stuff. And we forget we need God. We forget all that stuff came from God. But then that, that guy who wrote the Proverbs said, but I, I don't want to be like that. Don't give me too much stuff because it's easy to forget you and I'll just think I got it made on my own. I don't need you, God. But don't make me too poor either that I have to steal and profane your holy name. So God's got this dilemma, doesn't he? He doesn't want to give us too much, but he doesn't want to give us too little. God's got it, he, he, but he knows. It's not, and I, that's why I took out the word dilemma. It's not a dilemma for God because he knows he knows he is good and he does good for us. So he doesn't bless us so much that we would forget him. But he doesn't bless us so little that we would turn from him either. So that's the beauty of God. He has blessed you in just the right way. He has given you everything you need and he's given you a little more. But give praise, give thanks to him for what he has done. And that's what First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 mentions. First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in everything. Find a reason to give thanks. We should be living lives of thanksgiving. And I'm, I'm thankful for this, uh, this passage. It helped me just this morning. As I was shaving, it occurred to me that I hate shaving. Anybody ever had that thought? <laughs> you know, who hates shaving? Oh boy, it's going to getting right that part right there. I was just like, oh, I hate shaving. And then <laughs> Jay doesn't hate shave. Well, yeah, he does because he doesn't do it. <laughs> but instant, you know, and in that moment, because what on earth are we talking about? We're talking about giving thanks. But in that moment, I was like, I'm not giving thanks. I am not giving thanks. And so I said, and God, I thank you. I have my hands to shave with. Uh, it's simple enough, right? And it is. And I'm very thankful that I can shave. I don't necessarily like to shave, but I'm going to be thankful that I can do it. 
So give thanks in all things, in all circumstances. And that's just a little picture. I think if we can do something, if we can live like that, if I can live like that with something so silly and vain is shaving, so empty and wordless doesn't matter kind of thing, that maybe then when I can, when something really difficult comes my way in life, I'll be able to say, oh God, I don't, I don't like this, but I'm going to trust on you and thank you for being there for me. Thank you for the blessing that I don't see right now, or thank you for blessing me in this particular way that I know this is going to work out, you know, whatever. Look for the blessing. You know, it's, we've got to give thanks in all things, in everything, in every day, not just on Thanksgiving Sunday, not just on the fourth Thursday in November. Give thanks to God. He's given you all you need. Do you really believe that? And the greatest thing of all that we've come into at this, at the tail end of this sermon is that he's given you the opportunity to turn from vain things, this worthless stuff in this world that really isn't worthless stuff because it came from God. It get, you know, but compared to knowing God, it is vain. The blessings that we have from God, they, compared to the one they came from, they are worthless and empty. But we have the opportunity to turn to the true living God. And there is no better way, and really it is the only way that you can thank God, is by saying, God, thank you for all good things. Thank you for Jesus, your son, who died for me. And all I can do is surrender to you because your blessings are so great. And so you give your life to him and you decide, I don't want to live for the vain things in this vain life anymore. This life is short. Eternity matters because I want to go and be with God because God is good and he's proven his love in so many ways. But I know this, he gave his son to die for me. I'm the one who deserved to die, but Jesus went to the cross for me. So, Christians, um, the challenge, give thanks in everything, every day, all things. Live a life of thanksgiving. And for those who aren't a Christian, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, then turn from those vain things and turn to the living God. This is really the only true way you can thank Him. If you need any help, any scriptures, any place to know what you need to do, if you want to give your life to Christ, it, it's spoken of in Scripture, and you're invited to come today. Won't you please come and respond if you need to as we stand and sing.